Lorenzo, it's been a little while since the last race in Paris, California, and I'm uh, having a little bit of uh, motorcycle racing withdrawal, so I decided to head on down to Savannah, Georgia, just to watch as a fan. It's the last race there, supposedly, as the track is a half mile, so I wanted to go down there and check it out, go down there not working, and uh, enjoy some motorcycle racing. And along the way, I went on down to Florida and, and uh, hooked up with a friend of mine and, and uh, made some phone calls to my uh, flat track family. Hello? Hello. Hello? 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 I'm very passionate about this sport, and so are these riders, and so are the teams, and so are the mechanics, and everybody has a story. And and during this offseason, I'm going to spend some time, and I'm going to reach out to them just to see what's been going on since the offseason, maybe what they have planned for 2018, uh, maybe recap the, the 2017 season a little bit. I hope you have as much fun listening as I did making it. Sit back and enjoy. I caught up with Jeffrey Carver Jr. a few weeks ago, prior to him announcing his partnership with Indian Motorcycle. We talked through the 2017 season, his relationship with his tuner, Ben Evans, and we get to know what is shaping up to be one of the most interesting privateer racing efforts in 2018. Take a listen. Jeffrey Carver, Jeffrey, how you doing today, bud? Really good. Uh, just getting back from doing a little uh, workout yoga class and uh, heading back over to hang out with my mom for the day. It's her birthday. Awesome. Well, that's cool. I'll tell your mom happy birthday from us down here in uh, Florida. But uh, talk to us about yoga. I didn't really know you're a yoga guy, and, and I've been hearing a little bit more about it. So how'd you get involved in yoga, and what it, what do you think that does for you? Um, I think I started about three years ago. I've kept it kind of quiet. Uh, just because it's a it's a newer avenue of stuff, and I don't know when you go talking around, you know, doing yoga, everybody, all the old school dirt trackers are like, you should be working out, you should be doing push ups and stuff, and but um, it's um, it's just kind of like a good conscious, uh, you kind of like bringing everything back to your breath, and um, that's where it starts, and then you kind of learn the the flow of your body and um, just the original flow of a human being from what I know from it and stuff and just being, being comfortable. And, um, there's a, when you're, when you're racing, you know, dirt track, there's a lot of holding positions and you're always kind of holding your arms certain ways or pushing forward or pulling back. And, um, so I try to find a lot of different little moves and different poses that kind of, you know, do that. And, um, it's just a good way to make me feel good in the mornings, you know? Um, but it's, uh, it's, I've been more open now. I do it like even in the hotel, whenever I'm with Ben and stuff before the races and I always like to do something. I kind of call myself and just get myself centered and be ready and be focused on what I feel the day is, is supposed to bring for me. I think it's, I think it's definitely helped your program. I, I, uh, you know, I look back at when I used to race and I found myself sometimes I would get off the bike and I would think back, did I even take a breath? You know, and I'd find my muscles would be all tense and stuff like that. And that's that's from not breathing and, you know, getting the oxygen to, oxygen to flow to your whole body. Do you think that, that helps yeah. helps your uh, your efforts as well? Yeah, I, I think so. And uh, I, I definitely think with the racing and, like, you know, whenever I was uh, in the lead at Lone Star, it's like all the pressure's getting to you and stuff. And I just, like, come off corner two every lap and just take it. A nice slow deep breath and uh like you said you gotta you gotta be loose you gotta be focused and you gotta be in the right state of mind um if it comes if it's just a daily thing for you know me interacting with people at home or whenever it comes to as serious as racing it's uh it's uh, the racing part has helped me really be pretty strong in my practice what have you been doing since the uh the season wrapped up in paris well we uh me and ben headed back uh pretty soon we went to uh 
Denver and Colorado. My sister lives there, and uh, Ben needed to get back and do some engine building and stuff. So I went ahead and flew him home. And um, actually, at the same time, my mom had flown out to come see my sister. She hadn't seen my sister in a couple months. So um, I hung out with them. We did some hiking. We went to a, a glacier, hiked up to a glacier outside of uh, Denver and uh, did some mountain biking. And then I also hit Alpine Valley, their uh, first snowboarding uh, open weekend. So I got to hit snowboard as soon as they uh, had opened it up out there. I'm a big uh, snowboard enthusiast after about, I think it's probably my sixth year now, snowboarding. And um, I usually try to get like 10, 10 days um, on the mountain out in Colorado. So um, got a good starter there. And, um, and me and my mom, we ended up burning back home uh, after a concert out there in Colorado and um, went and rode at a ride organic, that training facility I, I work at. And uh, we had a cool little event. It was like an hour and a half endurance race. And uh, I got about an hour into it, and I started hearing some, what I thought was chain slap on the bottom of the swing arm. And uh, it got loud really, really quick. And I stopped and revved the bike up, and it started clanking. And come to find out, I rounded off all the sprocket teeth off the front and oh. chipped them all off. So um, <laughs> had up on my buddy's backup bike who had got hurt earlier on in the race. He was like, here, you can ride mine and finish it out. Um, so we had that little race. And then, uh, besides that, I just been laying low, uh, hanging out at home. I got a new laptop, uh, been kind of doing some marketing, you know, getting all my resume stuff together, kind of getting some feelers out there to people and, uh, getting cleaned up, buying stuff for all my practice bikes and all the stuff that I broke over the summer and let it sit, sit there all year when, with us racing and stuff. And, uh, just trying to get settled back in and get a good starting point and take back off again. Sounds like you've been really busy since our last race at Paris. So uh, let's just dive into it right now and talk about the 2017 season. On the phone, we've got number 23, Jeffrey Carver Jr. Let's start off with Daytona. He got an eighth-place finish. Uh, tell us your thoughts on the very first race of the season. Man, I was really happy to see us be in the infield. Um, it's you know It's always been a little different with us being on the outside and uh, – kind of felt like the stepchild kind of you know for motorsports and uh for everybody at aft to get us in there and get us on the infield and be a part of it and get the vibe of it all was uh was really cool and with the tv deal and everything it was just uh it was something that we hadn't really seen you know it's um uh, just all the marketing and everything was just really blown up pretty well i thought and um we had an okay outing i me and brad ended up getting together and going down and I broke a shifter and stuff, and I actually had to use my provisional uh, first race of the year down there. And um, honestly, just getting into the main was my big thing. And then we came from, you know, last row up to eighth place, which uh, was pretty good. I actually had had um, about seven laps in. I felt my, my left foot start slipping off the peg. And I'm like, what's that? And I look down, and I see there's a little bit of, like, it's weeping out of the uh, the, the starter seal on the side of the motor where you, you know, put the plug in to start the bike up. And, um, so I was watching it down the front stretch and I all the way down the front stretch, I could see it drop like once or twice down the full front stretch. And so I started adding it up and I'm like, cause I was going to pull off cause I didn't want to burn up a motor with my money in it. And, um, I was like, man, I think this thing will last. So I kind of just kind of tried holding my position out there and, uh, we were even still catching some people, and I tried putting in a little last-minute charge to catch one or two guys. I think I got by somebody near the end of the race, and uh, that was pretty good. I, I was happy with the start of that, you know. Um, but then I got 
got back to Johnny Lewis's place after the races and uh, ended up getting real sick that week. I was underneath my van working on it, had some electrical issues, and uh, man, I couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't even drive up to uh, drive up to the national. Um, everybody was there, and pretty much, you know, there's other racers there, and they had to go ahead and leave and head up there. And uh, so that was a bummer missing the uh, the the Atlanta national, but. Uh, I couldn't even get up, you know, I'd, I'd start trying to load stuff and then I have to lay back down. And, um, it was a bummer to miss, miss that race with the points and with how close, you know, when I looked at the year end, um, only being like 11 points out of fourth and like 17 points out of, um, out of third place in the championship. Um, but that was kind of how the season started off down there. Yeah. Let's go back to Daytona just a second. If, if there's one thing you could change or would you change anything on the track? I mean, I know it was a first time event going in and, and I personally thought that they did a wonderful job just bringing the dirt in with, you know, a short amount of time to get the track together and the dirt stayed together. Is there anything you'd like to see different if we, you know, for next year when we go back? Um, you know, uh, there was two factors there that I thought that possibly needed to be changed. Everything else was really good. Like you said, the dirt holding together was a huge part that they had good enough stuff that they could pack it in. But uh, that single file sex- session there before the jump, kind of made it where if you were racing and racing you'd have you know maybe two wide three wide coming out of that little short track corner but everybody no matter what had a file into a single file line um you couldn't go through it abreast or try you know doing anything different um and then uh, also with it being a long long paper clips it kind of made it where it was a drag race and then on the brakes and then you know you turn it kind of uh was a little bit different and a little sketchy, but I, I, I was really happy the way that it all turned out um, with nobody really getting too hurt and, um, you know, being there, like I said, at, at Daytona and being a part of it. So I'm sure uh, I'm sure the, the guys will kind of get some things kind of rolling and make it a little bit better. Yeah, it'll, it'll be exciting to see that track for sure in 2018. So you talked about Atlanta. You, didn't, you weren't even able to make it up to the track. So that was the only race, the only uh, your main event where you didn't score points and make the main. Obviously, it was because you were sick and didn't make it there. So we, we roll into Charlotte, uh, a solid top five. and, and uh, So that's a pretty decent start to the season if you take out Atlanta. We go to Arizona with a 17th place finish there. Uh, man, that's not, that's not Jeffrey Carver style. What happened there? Well, we... Um yeah, we were feeling good. I was running with Brian in the in the semi and keeping him in tow, and I was like, okay, we got a chance to run with these guys on the mile and see what happens. And I think I was in fourth or fifth in the main, and uh, about five laps in, I had the thing start cutting out and bogging down the back stretch, and I pulled up through my hand up, and uh, I thought something happened with the motor. I really wasn't sure, and uh, come to find out, we had a battery issue, wow. and uh, so it killed the killed the power on the machine. So. Um, and that, that was our only mechanical that had taken us out of a race for the year. And uh, that was our only race outside of the top ten. I think my, my, my worst finish besides that was a ninth. So, um, yeah, that was a little bit of a bummer. Yeah, I, I, I hate when you have mechanical issues, especially when it's something that's out of your control. Like, you guys can, you know, tighten up everything and make sure all the nuts and bolts are in line and, and everything works out right. But when, when a battery goes south on you, there's just nothing you can do. So I, I, I wouldn't even blame that one on anybody uh, other than just bad luck. Yeah, and we had actually, uh, the, the, that heat race that I was trying to stay with Brian, I was smelling antifreeze a little bit or coolant. And I'm like, you know, what's that coming from? And I thought maybe it was coming from Brian. And uh, we came in, and I was, we were looking at the bike, and there was stuff all over the bike, and it was really overheated when I turned it off. And uh, come to find out, the uh, tank had adjusted forward with uh, the bumps and stuff, and me kind of riding up on the bike in the corners. 
I pushed the tank board into the radiator and it pushed a hole through the radiator. Wow. So we had a, we had a, we didn't have any spares. So through that whole ordeal, whenever, you know, we weren't working on the battery or checking to make sure it was charged and making sure the, the liquid on it wasn't, you know, didn't short it out or anything. We were over there busting away, taking it off the other bike, which had different type of coolant in it. So you, you can't run two different types of coolant. So you got to splash one out. So we were lucky just to make it up for the, make it up for the main event. So yeah, it was just one of them things, you know, it's a, uh, it's hard to, uh, you know, everybody tries to keep everything in line and do their, their best to cross their T's and dot their I's. But, uh, yeah, just that's that racing stuff. You know, you got to put that into equation. We always, at the beginning of the year, we say, you know, you're going to have at least one race that something, something's going to malfunction or something's going to happen and you have no control over it, you know. So you always chuck one out and stuff. And that that was our race of the year. So, you know, luckily that was the only issues we had. Yeah, so that's your mulligan. So then we move on out west. We're still out there in Arizona. If we go out to Sacramento, a top five finish, uh, fifth place, pretty strong running. We go back to your neck of the woods, Springfield, the sixth place. You're, you seem like you're on a roll right now, and then you get to the Red Mile, a seventh. Oklahoma City, again, you just said was your, your, your worst finish if you take out the DNF, which was the ninth. Well, I, I'd like to say something about the, uh, the Red Mile in uh, Oklahoma as well real quick, too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we had a, at, at the Red Mile, um, we, had a, we, had a, we had a brake issue also out there in Arizona, so we had the other bike swapped around, and we had the other brake system on that bike. Well, about I was rolling through, starting to run my way. I think I started in like 11th or something, and uh, I started having brake fade issues. And um, so I ended up trying not to use my brake the second half of the race. And with five to go, I literally had no brake pedal at all. So I'd go down the straightaways and going into three, I'd lift up and puff my body and blow my arms up, trying to use myself as a parachute and wow. slow myself down. Wow. Um, so that was a. Uh, that was really a, a nail biter with that groove being, you know, a foot wide to nothing to two foot, you know. Right. Um, so that was some definitely some adversity. And then whenever we were on our way to Oklahoma, uh, we left the night before, and um, we had van issues. My van broke down again. I had some electrical issues. And uh, so my dad had a catering van. He brought me. We were only a little ways outside of St. Louis. And uh, so I ended up getting on the road around 3, drove all the way till 8 o'clock in the morning, and then uh, have my dad take over, and I only had an hour of sleep at uh, at the Oklahoma race too. So, uh, and we and we even podiumed that, or I mean, not podium, but we lined up on the front row, and uh, I was pretty happy about that. But by the time the main came around, I barely had enough to hold it together and keep it keep it rolling. But it, it was, and it was a really really hot day in Oklahoma City, and and that the heat takes it out of you oh, yeah. if you don't sleep the night before. And it was such a good story, just just hearing that you made that. You know, I I'd heard through the grapevine, I think on Facebook, somebody's trying to find a, a way to get you there, and. And, you know, your dad yeah. with the Carver's Barbecue van picking you up. I mean, what a cool story just to just to even get to the track and then and then make the main and finish ninth. So, yeah, we didn't want to overshadow that, but I knew that was your maybe not not as much of one of the highlights of the season, but uh, a good story there for sure. So let's roll into Lima and you get on the podium there and the uh, uh, pea gravel track. You know, you got to ride hard. You got to ride. You know, you go in the corners. You don't even hardly let off. And it's a it's a hard track to go fast on. And, and you up, you ran up there in podium. Yeah, thanks. It was, um, you know, it's just one of them days. Everything was going really smooth. Um, you know, I, I, I thought it, I thought I had possibly what it took to win, but I don't know if I had it completely, you know, I, um, the mindset or the confidence. But, uh, you know, besides that, you know, Breyer definitely stole the show there. But, um, you know, it felt really good. Uh, we, we qualified decent, and uh, I had Brian and 
and uh, Jared and my heat, we were going down the back stretch and going in a three, and they both went in high. And I said, I'm going for it. And so I just dove across the bottom, didn't lift, and slid up and got off the corner, and I never saw him again. And um, it was really cool. You know, it was just like I said, it was one of them days you kind of everything's kind of flowing well. And uh, I was, you know, pretty confident going into the main, and uh, I got a little out of out of whack whenever all the guys that we were all battling with were running the top cushion up next to the hay bales and I hadn't ran it all day. Um, so I kind of got out of whack. And then on our restart there, um, I kind of, you know, was talking with Ben, asked him about what he saw out there. And I'm like, man, I think I'm going to go back to my original line. And I went back to the dive bomb line across the bottom. And, uh, you know, I had one of the funnest battles that I think I had all year, um, with me and Baker, uh, I think we passed each other eight or nine times in that main event after the restart. And yeah. so that was, uh, that was just, uh, it was a lot of fun. And to, uh, podium at Lima, I've always, uh, when I was a kid, they used to call me a cushion rider. And then I got a little bit older. I got, I started doing better on grooves and, um, I always kind of wanted to prove myself there and, uh, and, uh, to get a podium there is that's really cool. It feels really well, you know? Yeah. I, I, I like it. Uh, you know, you talked about passing Brad, you know, 80 times in, in a 25 lap race or whatever, but you and Brad go way back. I mean, you guys came up through the ranks together. I, you know, some of our newer fans might not remember, but you won the singles championship in 2010 and, and, uh, man, you and Brad Baker went back and forth a lot back when you guys were first coming up through the ranks. Yeah, for sure. Um, Actually, first time I remember meeting Brad was Amateur Nationals. I was on an 85, so it would have been about 04 or something, and uh, maybe even a little bit earlier than that, 03. And uh, he had he had lineman work work boots on and um, a black <laughs> black mortar or black flat track helmet with a black dark shield, and uh, that's how I kind of kind of met Brad. He was a little little chubby, little nice, you know, nice little kid and stuff, and. Uh, it goes all the way back to there, and it's been um, – he won a class, I won a class, and it, we both win all the same classes all the way through the ranks. And even our pro sport, you know, with pro singles, he ended up winning uh, the year before me. Right. Um, so, yeah, we've definitely had a lot of back and forth, and um, he was able to jump on a twin and, and really adapt very quickly. And um, it took me a little bit longer, and I, I broke my back the year after I won the championship uh, pro singles and going into my rookie year. and. You know, it took me about three years to feel really comfortable again, and I feel like I'm just now starting to get that natural feel that I had back then and also being confident on these uh, twins. So um, really happy about that. It's cool, like I said, to be able to get up, and me and Brad do some pretty cool battling this year at a couple different races. Yeah, before before we move on to, to keep talking about 2017, you brought up a good point. Uh, you know, jumping off of the, the 450, you know, the DTX-style, motocross-style bikes, moving up to a twin, how big how big of a step is that? Well, it's, you know, nowadays with the motocross bikes, it's, it's, the, it's the easiest for, uh, for people. You know, you buy a bike, you put suspension on it, you go racing. You know, it's not all the uh, building frames. And with the newer rules, you know, that's the way it went. But I, I had literally never rode in a Rotax or a Framer until I turned pro sport uh, when I did Hot Shoe year in 08. Um, but it's, um, it's a totally different motorcycle. I mean, it's not even... I mean, it's a motorcycle. You slide it, you know, but the travel's half of it. The weight's double, and uh, power delivery is totally different. You can't just whack it wide open, and um, it, it's 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 a big step, you know, to uh, to do it. Some people adapt quicker than others, and um, but it's definitely um, you know it's definitely something that you gotta you gotta work at and stuff, and um, it's, uh, it's different, you know. I think I think part Bigger. of it part of it too 
too, Jeffrey, is, uh, you know, there's not a lot of place where you can just go practice and go ride a twin. And, and you know, you don't want to just wear that out, too. wear that out. A tw- yeah, you don't want to wear out a twin just in practice. So I think it's I think it takes a little bit of a time. And like you said, some people adapt to it you know, faster than others. You've definitely adapted to it by now. You're you're, you've, you've proved all season long that you're a front runner. On the line, we got Jeffrey Carver, number 23. They call him the Wizard, and we're talking about 2017 right now. And let's get into uh, we're, we're now in the in the thick of the season. Uh, you just come off a, a third place finish at Lima, which was a nice podium there in Ohio. Then you go to New York, a fourth, Calistoga sixth, Buffalo Chip eighth, Black Hills fourth, and Peoria seventh. So we're in the you know the thicker part of the season, make, maybe working our way towards the end. And you said you kind of got on a roll, especially after Lima. Yeah, yeah, after uh, after Lima, I kind of was, you know, like, man, you could have won that thing, you know? Like, how much harder could you have pushed it that you didn't put, you know, you didn't put in that effort? So, um, every national, we focus more and more, I think, through that strip there on our way back from um, out in Calistoga, we stopped off at Jimmy Woods and got some new suspension on the bike and kind of upgraded everything and uh, was really happy with that suspension and we uh, I got new brake system so I wasn't losing my brakes anymore and I had enough that I could ride them if I needed to and uh, we just kept rolling forward you know I just tried to use that forward momentum I was working harder and um, you know it, it was a good stretch and uh, you know it just showed you know moving forward and getting better and better finishes you know was a better made me feel better and built my confidence as each race went by as well. Absolutely. Let's talk about the Buffalo chip, uh, another new race that was on the, on the circuit, you know, for 2017, how cool of an atmosphere is it to have all those people just inches away from where you're racing on the track. And then after the checkered flag, you know, falls, they open up the gates and all these people just storm rush and, and, and made you guys the rock stars that, that we all know you are. How, how cool. Talk about the Buffalo chip experience. I, uh, I'm really happy that we're there now, and um, it's really, uh, really cool that that we have that um, for the next year too. Um, I think it, I think it's great for the sport. I think it's great for the fans, and um, it's just, it's like, it's just kind of like a stadium race type feel, or like when you see motocross and their guys lined up the fence rows and stuff. And I mean, um, it, it was really cool. I mean, at, um, being that close, seeing all the fans, you're seeing people pumping you on and stuff. Uh, it was very unique and I'm, um, really happy to have that. Like I said, I think it's, uh, I think it's really good for the sport and, uh, with it being out in Sturgis like that, it's just, uh, it's amazing, especially for all the, you know, road bike Harley guys, you know, they're, uh, that's what they like, you know what I mean? And to give them a raw atmosphere like that is, uh, I think we'll, uh, we'll see a, a lot bigger turnout for, uh, attendance for people in the, in the grandstands and out there. Um, one other little feature I noticed is that they had a zip line going and they could, people were zip lining across the top of the racetrack while the races were going on. And it's like, man, where do you, where do you find that type of excitement and, uh, and stuff? So I think, uh, that's a really good one, uh, for us to have, you know, in a bag of tricks type deal, you know, um, to be somewhere like that. Absolutely. I'm glad we're, I'm, I was so glad to see it's back on the schedule and the, the owner of the Buffalo chip was so excited after the race and, and uh, I'm I'm super glad that we're going back there in 2018. Uh, so we go from there to Black Hills fourth, Peoria seventh, Springfield seventh, Williams Grove sixth, and then then you send me a little message and say, Hey Scotty, I'm riding a, a Harley Davidson at Texas, and and dude, I'm so glad you sent that to me because you went into Texas and you whooped their butt, man. So, so congratulations again. <laughs> Let's talk about the day in Texas. You know, you, you said you said earlier when we were talking that you're 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 known as a groove track rider. Then you went to become a uh, you know a cushion rider, and obviously the groove track is where it's at for Jeffrey Carver. 
man, it was a uh, it, it it was great. We uh, the week before we had some cowie issues actually, and that's the only ones we've had all year. We were just working on the bikes and. Me and Ben were sitting there talking, trying to figure out what we were going to do to make it happen. And we both kind of looked up over at that XR and we're like, man, like, should we do this? You know, this would be, this would be the place, you know, we think. Um, and uh, so, yeah, we decided to, and we got Johnny Goad to uh, hop on board to bring a backup bike for us just to make sure if something happened. And, uh, you know, like when I was talking about uh, Lima, you know, things were clicking. Um, I was fast right off the bat, you know, first, second qualifier. And, um, I, I knew I could feel it in my chest that I had what it took. You know, I had that feeling like when I won Castle Rock and other places that I know I'm quick enough to win. And, um, I was like, okay, since we're fast now, we got to keep, you know, raising the pace and, uh, make sure we keep these guys on their toes behind us and have them just trying to catch us. And that's kind of what I went for all day. I had my game face on, I stayed focused and, um, you know, uh, I was watching Jared on the infield and his semi, and I could tell where his bike was working better than mine. I kind of did some different adjustments and, uh, you know, got the whole shot and uh, just put down the fastest laps I possibly could right off the bat. And I think my second or third lap, I think my second lap was the fastest lap of the race with a couple tenths on um, on Jared's fastest time. And uh, it was just enough to kind of set me out there. And I just uh, kind of chased the top edge of the racetrack. You know, there's a couple times I had the thing completely crossed up. I I uh, bounced off the backstretch wall twice, just trying to drive the thing off the corner high and keep it tractioned up. And, um, man, it was, uh, it was so cool. You know, I, we got into lappers and I kind of got through them really well and tried staying in focus. And like I said, I kind of kept my breath on, uh, keeping that just focused and, uh, we pulled it off. You know, it was, uh, it, it was an amazing feeling to, um, finally get that first twins win and, um, you know, build a lot of confidence and, um, you know, it was, you know, it was just amazing to, uh, to make that happen this year. So you, you got the momentum from Texas. There's only one race in the season left and we got to California on the West coast, similar style track. It's a car track, uh, similar dirt, I would say kind of sorta. And you did, you decided to run the Harley again. So did you have that in mind before you headed out, out to the West coast or what, what was it after the Texas win that you decided to ride the Harley again? No, whenever we left Ben's house in Ohio on our way to Texas, we had left the Cowies at home, left the trailer, and just loaded one bike up in the van. Wow. And uh, old, old we school. We're going for it. Old school right there, yep. Jeffrey. Yep. Yeah, we just yeah we just decided, hey, this is we're going to make this happen. So, um, you know what I mean? We just put our all, all of our eggs in, in one basket, and we rolled the dice and kind of went for it. Absolutely. So you finished off with the second in Paris. That that's got to be a good feeling to for the last two races, a first and a second. That's got to be a, a good feeling to sit there in this long off season. You know, everybody's already chomping at the bit to get on the racetrack, but you right now know that you finished off the season with the first and a second, finished fifth in the point standing. So I would say uh, that's your best season of your career in the Twins, right? Yeah, yeah. The uh, you know with with Paris in and it out. You know, we also had a fastest lap time as well, and I I think I had five laps faster than Jared's fastest lap. And they were all after we got by Johnny. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it definitely feels really good uh, going into the off season and, uh, you know, ending it on like a high note kind of. And um, it was definitely my, you know, my best. It was, it was really intense going in that last race. Cause me and Briar were only one point apart. So whoever beat the other one was gonna, was going to take fifth place in the championship points. Um, so that was, it was getting real hairy back there when we were all stacked up. Um, but I was really happy, like you said, to, uh, you know, go ahead and, uh, 
get that top five and uh, have some good momentum. Um, you know, when I looked into it, you know, I, I'm only, I think I said this earlier, I think I was only nine or 11 points outside of fourth and about 16, 17 points at a third. So in uh, the start off in Daytona, I had, I had one motorcycle and um, Ben wasn't working for me at the time. I just had some friends kind of that had been around the races come and help me a little bit. And, um, you know, to start off from there and to build and come up with a couple different bikes and then, you know, a Harley and, and the Ford momentum almost win a couple times. It's, uh, it makes me feel really good and confident about going into next year with, um, e- even, even a stronger, um, you know, a stronger base team and a stronger Jeffrey Carver, you know, just being in better shape and, uh, being ready to go out and try to go for the win every weekend and not just, you know, being happy to put it up in the top five or, or to be running with the front pack, you know, it's a little bit different mindset now. And, um, uh, it's really cool to, uh, get to this point and feel comfortable with next year. Yeah. That, that was a heck of a way to end off the season for sure. So, uh, I've got some notes here that I was just thinking back on stuff that we haven't talked about. Uh, you, you were partnered up with Kevin Stallings for a little bit. Was that just to transport bikes together or, or do you, you, I wasn't real clear on how all that was working. Can you elaborate a little bit? Yeah, we had, um, um, what happened is we, we didn't have a second bike, you know? Um, and once Ben got on board, he was, he was really wanting to try and get us another bike somehow. And, um, he knew Stallings wasn't, was, you know, had a, had an extra twin, um, cause he was racing the singles all year. So he kind of called him up and was like, Hey, uh, what do you think about, um, you know, if, if, if we can, if we can get your bikes out to all the West coast races, would you be willing to let us use your chassis? And, uh, we'll, we'll put our motor in there. And so we don't have to use your motor. We're just using your chassis. And, um, so we came to agreements on it. And, uh, so we took his bikes out there, you know, and, uh, I, I had another race bike and, um, that was a huge step for us to be able to work and keep building for, you know, and try different things on the motorcycles to make them better. Um, uh, but it was a good little connection. You know, we, uh, we were able to work good together and, um, it was, uh, it, you know, it really helped kind of hold me together this year. Yeah. That, you know, anytime you can get some support in, in the pits or some, you know, a rolling chassis, like you said, you know, that, that's gotta feel good just to, to, to put one of your engines in there and be, have have a solid backup bike or, you know, if you knew you had to jump on it, be ready to go. So that all, that deal came together through Ben Evans and, and you said the start of the season, you guys weren't even working together. So how, how did the relationship start between you and Ben Evans and, and let's talk about how, how it's been to have him in your corner. Um, you know, me and Ben got linked up probably, I think three years ago on the, cause we, uh, we knew each other. I think I rode his bike, his twin once, and, uh, we just kind of came friends. And, uh, so we went to California together about three years ago and uh, we did the trip, you know, we'd go camping, I'd sleep in a hammock and he'd have his tent popped and it was just cool and fun. And, uh, we've tried getting together the last couple years and, um, he was, um, he was working for Richie Morris at the beginning of this year and uh things kind of kind of fell through with that and um we got hooked up together and he was kind of free you know he was working with Vandercoy he's a Vandercoy group about 10 minutes from his house and um was his you know Ben built his 50s and his 60s so um he was trying to work work good with with Vandercoy and stuff and uh, we tried making it all work together and things weren't happening that way so um whenever he got away from Morris Richie Morris team um we got, we kind of got, you know, linked up together and we just kind of started working good together. Um, um, 
what's cool about it is, you know, I've, I've, I've been paying for all the expenses. I pay for his, you know, his food or, or hotels, stuff like that. And, uh, I always, I tip him out for the races and, uh, you know, I stayed at his house. I was probably at his house two months uh, all together this year, sleeping on his couch. And we'd, uh, you know, Finn's the hardest worker that I know, especially for, you know, motorcycles and really in, in general, he, um, we get out in the shop, you know, he works all day. Uh, it's about five o'clock at his dad's motorcycle shop that they own together and uh, comes home, plays with the kid for a minute. And uh, we work in the shop. It'll be, we'll get in there, you know, six o'clock and uh, we'll work till four or 5 a.m. And, um, you know, there'll be times that it's like a couple of days before the national and I got to start getting a little bit of sleep. So I'll go in at two o'clock in the morning and uh, he'll be out there till, like I said, four or five, just working away and just, uh, you know, just, just really being a good uh, partner and uh, you know, there's no way I would have been able to do anywhere close to what I did this year without, without him. And um, it's, it's good. We got a good uh, relationship package going together. And I think, you know, for, uh, for next year, we're, we're staying together and he's going to be the, uh, the main mechanic. And um, I'm looking forward to it because every race we got better and better. And um, we can talk about stuff and kind of, kind of figure out bounce ideas and uh, he's not one to be like look this is what you need to do he's like you know whatever you think we're going to go for um but this is my opinion and uh it makes it really good and open and we can just and we've been able to build on that and you know when we talked about momentum through the middle of the year it's like we were just getting better and better together and figuring out what we needed for race day and what we did all week long beforehand to do it and the uh the amount of time and work that he put in through the the middle of the weeks was just um extreme you know sounds like a, a great guy to have in your corner for sure and i i guarantee it helps that that he used to race also so he can he can kind of put himself yeah. in your shoes and you can kind of put yourself in, in 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 his shoes a little bit and tell him what the bike's doing or he can see what you're doing and i think that if you guys can communicate that like it seems like you have been i think that's a great relationship yeah, for sure. I mean, we even had a uh, mid season. We got, uh, I was like, you're bringing your gear with us. We're going, we, we, we went and tested at a, at a half month. And, um, so I'd hop on it. I'd do something, I'd change it, he'd hop on the bike. And then we would be able to see eye to eye and feel it from the ass, you know, that, <laughs> that this is what's doing, this is what's happening to the motorcycle on this type of race surface. So, Perfect. um, like you said, it's really good to have a, a, a race, uh, an ex racer, as a mechanic, I think that's a huge, huge, uh, help, you know? Yeah. It's, it, you guys can communicate at a level that, that you guys understand. Whereas if you bring in a, a, a technical guy or a guy that just went to, you know, motorcycle mechanics Institute or, or motorcycle school, they don't quite get the understand our lingo and, and how the things feel and how to change stuff. So I think, I think it's a great fit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks. Yep. Absolutely. So let's talk about you know, I, I, I thought of you as a as a as a, a hell of a TT rider, and you know, coming up through the ranks, you've won a lot of TT races, especially at the little Springfield uh, multi-purpose arena. But uh, and your first Grand National was on a TT at Castle Rock back in 2013. But it seemed like you struggled a little bit. I wouldn't say struggle, but you're kind of middle pack. So Daytona was an eighth, Buffalo Chip an eighth, Peoria was seventh. So what's it going to take for you to better those finishes for 2018? Have you is that something that you're going to focus on for next year? It's definitely something we're, we're, we're thinking about and trying to figure out what we're going to do. Um, I think, you know, for one, get, getting the bike a little bit better. Um, I was, uh, had issues with the, the starter cover dragging the ground at, uh, Buffalo chip and at Daytona, but it was very, very slight. 
Um, you know, I, I could feel it, so I just wouldn't lay the thing over as far. So I, could, I couldn't ride it completely the way I wanted. Um, and uh, then at Peoria, we were digging it in the ground hard. Actually, it bent the shifter up, so uh, we had to raise the front end up, and then we're losing the, the geometry of the chassis that I was, that I was comfortable with. And uh, we were actually second fast qualifier in practice there. But like I said, we were trying to move the chassis around. And uh, so a, a lot of it for me, I think, is just getting the proper bike set up and getting uh, the best parts on the thing, making sure, you know, now we have a better idea with what went on last year. And um, I think that, you know, I had a, a custom set of pipes that I had ended up building myself or at least having measurements and having somebody else weld them for me. And so they weren't necessarily the best, but, uh, my, my TT game, we just kind of got through it, you know, with it being something new this year, um, there was a lot of learning and, um, uh, I'm pretty comfortable and I'm, I'm pretty happy with what we learned this year and where to go for next year and how to, uh, be able to compete a little bit better with the guys that had their, I think, you know, their programs better together for the TTs. Yeah. I, I look forward to you to, you know, I, I expected you to be in top five up there. And, and so I was a little shocked, you know, looking back at the results at, at you know, middle of the pack is, is definitely good. It's better than I could ever do for sure. But I, I really was expecting top five. So it's good to know that you have a plan for next year, uh, working on the setup and, and the, you know, like you said, the pipes, and there's a lot of factors that go into it. So uh, I also want to talk about, you're the only Harley Davidson to win this year. And I was, I was really worried, you know, it, it, this sport's been around for a long time and every year a Harley Davidson, if they haven't dominated, they've won races every year. And it was all the way down to Texas before a Harley won. So you're the only Harley Davidson to win. Is that a cool feeling? Is that, is that something you were thinking about or is that just something that happened? Because, you know, we talked about why you rode the Harley Davidson, but uh, talk about that, that experience and, and doing Harley Davidson proud. Yeah, I mean to uh to to keep that legacy going was uh was was really cool and uh you know me and Ben don't really boast or talk about much, you know. We go to the races, you know, obviously we're planning to go win. So we don't sit there and say you're going to win or this is, you know, this is yours, you know what I mean? It's like we just go do it. But uh Ben had said he was like, you know, he looked over at me when we we're driving, he was like, you know, um imagine being the last one to ever win on an XR. Yeah. And um you know, I got thinking about it and stuff. I'm like, you know, that would be crazy, you know. And uh, we went down there and uh, pulled pulled that pulled that win off and stuff. Yeah, that was um, awesome. So it was uh, it was it was really cool for Harley. And uh, I uh, I grew up when I first started my rookie year in '11. I rode for Eddie Atkins. I rode Harleys then '12 and '13 and off and on through there. So um, and at the time I didn't like the Harleys as much because I grew up racing the the 450s and the Harleys are a little bit slower to, to rev up and stuff. And, uh, but now that I've learned and rode a lot of motorcycles, I know how good the Harleys can be on their certain places. You know, I think that it's like a, it's a wheel or a rock. You're not going to be able to build something better than it. Or you can build something better than it, but that is always going to be a winning machine, no matter what happens, you know, in another 20 years, I think an XR could still come out and win a national. I love um, it. Love but, it. But uh, so so yeah, just to keep that rolling, you know, and um, you know, our plans is I got a little bit of plans to possibly you know run the XR again next year, a couple places. So um, we're kind of just feeling some things out. But you know, it's uh, it's re really cool to keep that legacy going and uh, do that for Harley. You know, they uh, they also made a really big ad um, in Cycle Cycle News that was pretty cool, and uh, they're actually had sent me over a whole bunch of posters so I could sign and 
and give out and sell and stuff like that. So um, yeah, it was just it was re really cool to make that happen on the uh, on the XR. That's cool. Good stuff right there. We know it's your mom's birthday. We know you need uh, you got things to do, but tell Angela happy birthday from Hollywood, and uh, we appreciate you taking time out of your day. And uh, it's good catching up with you. And enjoy the off season, and uh, we'll see you down there in Florida before we know it. Awesome. Sounds good. Thanks for having me on.